Welcome to the Crosslands Church Podcast, our mission to help you experience the life with God you've been missing. And now, a message for you. It was two Septembers ago that, uh, for the first time in many years, we had a, a church-wide prayer meeting, and, and it was a very positive experience. It was, it, was, it was kind of a lot of fun. It seems weird to say that about a prayer meeting. And I, and I heard after the fact that somebody, this was sort of third hand, they didn't go to the prayer meeting because they thought, I don't want to do an hour of standing in a circle, holding hands with people while you do, people just go around and pray. And, uh, you know, I get that. I've been in those prayer meetings, and it doesn't sound so exciting. I think a lot of us find the idea of prayer challenging. Why, why is prayer challenging? Um, it doesn't require excessive amounts of skill, although sometimes people use language that makes it sound like it does. It's not physically challenging, although some people might find it physically challenging to stay awake in some prayer meetings. It's not really that confusing. So what's the challenge of prayer? I think most people would agree, not everyone, most people would agree that the challenge of prayer is that it's boring. I remember uh, moving back from uh, British Columbia. I'll tell you two moving back stories. The first one isn't directly related to the moving back, but I remember the first time I went to a real barbershop. They had one at the mall. And I went there, and I think it was the second time I was getting my hair cut, and all of a sudden, the guy's finished cutting my hair, and he goes over to the counter, and he pulls out a straight razor. And he strops it, and he puts this thick foam on, I think it was the edges of the hair, and, and it freaked me out. I'd never been shaved with a straight razor before, and, and I'm thinking, I hope this is not the first time this guy's doing that. I was, I was a little bit of a fr- afraid. There was, when we moved across the country, we packed everything we had into the biggest U-Haul truck available. And then we took our, our van that we had, and we had that on a trailer behind the U-Haul trailer. Michelle and the kids and the dog flew across, across the country, and I sat in that truck with another guy from our church, who, thank God, had truck driving experience, and we drove that truck across the country, and that was a harrowing experience, especially once you got on the highway. I remember getting closer to Toronto, and all of a sudden you're on, like, we're on 400, Highway 400 territory, and that was a scary experience, too. I remember the day that, um, that Judah was going to be born, and we're in the car. We couldn't we couldn't have the child born in the town we were living. We had to drive 40 minutes up the highway to the next town where the hospital had an anesthesiologist on staff, um, which was why we, the hospital in town we were, we were in didn't have that. And so we're driving. Uh, I think I was doing close to 160 on the highway. And, um, and that was a freaky experience too. In none of those experiences was I bored. I was not bored when somebody came at me with a straight razor. When I'm driving a death trap U-Haul truck down the highway, and we were racing 160 miles or kilometers per hour to the hospital for our first son to be born. Things that are scary are not boring. But we don't pray that way. We pray, Lord, your kingdom come, will be done, and here's how. Help my sick mom get better. Fix my daughter's bullying situation. Help my son get a job. I need to raise up work and hit my boss. Protect us from COVID-19. Give us traveling mercies, whatever that is, and help me find a good parking spot at the mall. These are, these are safe prayers. Some of them might be important, but there's not a great risk in praying those things. We say them. We say prayers. They're not scary. Some of them are actually boring. There isn't an intensity in drama there. Sometimes there is, you know, when somebody's deathly sick. But the prayers we live, or the prayers we pray in our lives have 
Very little immediate, direct, intense impact. When we're at our best, we're praying those prayers for other people. When we're at our worst, we're praying for ourselves. I'm going to give you a challenge over the next three weeks. Message series entitled Dangerous Prayers. And some of these prayers are really scary. And you probably don't believe me. But if today's prayer doesn't to some extent freak the crap out of you, the next two weeks will. And I know you don't believe me. Just wait till we get there and see if you dare to pray these prayers. I'm basing this series on uh, a book by Craig Rochelle from Life Church. And uh, the book looks like this, Dangerous Prayers. Um, I don't know if you, how close you can get on the camera. Uh, I, I'm going to try to put the link, the Amazon link to this book in um, the, I don't want to say show notes, the, the, the video details. I think I can do that on YouTube after the fact. So if you're panicking, trying to write it down or Googling it, whatever, I'm going to try to get that in there. And I, and I say that because I, I think it's the honorable thing to do, not to take credit as if I came up with all that stuff by myself. At the same time, there's a little bit of a risk in that because not only did he write a book, but he, he preached two sermon series on this topic. And I run the risk of you going and listening to him in order to compare what he says with what I say. And he's a pretty well-known speaker. And that's kind of raising the bar for the expectation that I would speak as well. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit confident because his name is so difficult to spell that you might not be able to find him. Although if you Google Life Church, you're probably going to find him. What's interesting is that Life Church is the church that developed the YouVersion Bible app. And if you have that app on your phone or iPad or whatever, uh, they actually have a seven-day reading plan based on dangerous prayers. So that might be something you want to look up as well. Uh, I have my phone in my pocket. If you have a text message, uh, if you have my number, you want to uh, text a comment or question that's relevant to the message today, well, we'll try to entertain those in the message today. If you don't have my number, you can always put it on the YouTube chat. And uh, somebody that is that is looking over the chat, we'll send that to my phone so I'll get it directly. So the verse I want to look at today is Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. These are the two memorizable verses. Every once in a while when I preach, I talk about a memorizable verse that you could build your life on, and this is one of them, two of them actually, because it's two verses. So let me read it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Search me, O God, and know my heart. It's funny because if you read the very first verse of that psalm, the first verse says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. So what is this about? It starts with acknowledging that God knows everything, and then it ends with, search me and know my heart. See, this is a, this is a step towards intimate relationship. Because self-revelation is required for intimate relationships. So it's not just, oh God, you know all the facts about me, you know all the details about me, but I'm inviting you to truly search my heart. This is a little bit more than, let me show you my heart. The reason is because we don't know our own hearts. Oh, we think we do. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things, and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? And so, we like to think that that's talking about other people, but our own hearts deceive our own selves. Freud confirmed in the late 1800s what the Bible had talked about for centuries. Which is, that there, are, there are hidden motives, there are hidden pursuits, 
that we're not even aware of in our own lives, our subconscious. We naturally trust our own hearts, but our own hearts even deceive ourselves. You ever find yourself doing something and afterwards you go, why did I do that? Maybe I'm the only one. It all happens to all of us. Why did I do that? Because your own heart will deceive you. Whether you believe you're good or whether you believe you're bad, your heart deceives you. See, if you honestly believe you're bad, and some people do, for whatever reason, you still act in your own self-interest for the very basic level of survival. If you honestly think you're good, you have a good heart. We say that about people. They have a good heart. We still lie to ourselves. We still wake up at two in the morning plagued with regret over something that happened yesterday or something that happened 15 years ago. We beat ourselves up. Oh, I have a good heart. I mean, at best, if we believe we have a good heart, we, we exonerate ourselves for our motives. I meant well. And whenever we do, do something, our actions are bad, we justify it. Well, I didn't have a choice. So when somebody else would do those things, they're bad. When I do it, I didn't have a choice. It was the best possible decision I could make at the time. And I think many times we have a sort of a niggling conscience that says, you know that's not really true. You know you could have done better. But our hearts lie to us. Why do our hearts lie to us? Why, why are they these opaque shells that, that hide our motives from ourselves and from other people? Because at the very basic level, we fear exposure. We fear exposure for two reasons. We fear exposure because of vulnerability. So this is a sense of insufficiency. This is why public speaking is one of the greatest some people fear public speaking more than they fear death because it exposes our vulnerability or insufficiency. There's something called uh, something like fraud syndrome that is supposed to characterize people in high levels of leadership. You know, a CEO of a company shows up to work every day and there's a, there's a sensation inside that says, I don't deserve to be here because I don't really know what I'm doing. It isn't just CEOs that feel that. Pastors feel that too. Vulnerability causes us to fear exposure. And the second one is closely tied to it. And sometimes there's a, a very fine line between the two or they both are, uh, act upon the same memories and, and experiences. And the second one is shame. We fear exposure for what we've done. Or we fear exposure even sometimes what's been done to us, which actually, in some sense, is irrational because you didn't do it. It was done to you. But it, it, it feeds our negative self-worth. Vulnerability and shame cause us to fear exposure, even in relationship with God. The God who knows us and loves us, he knows everything about us. And yet we close ourselves up, we lie to ourselves, and we lie to him. What remains secret remains unaddressed. So we, we, we leave those things in our heart, we leave them closed, and... and we all have that to some extent. Maybe you have a, a secret lust or uncontrollable eating or drinking habit, undisciplined spending, or things you don't even know. I know for me, and, and I've, I've prayed these kinds of prayers before, and there are times when I haven't prayed them even, and, and God has revealed the secrets of my heart to my own shame. I remember I used to have a, God confronted me with a huge fear of failure. And it was almost paralyzing. I, I, I was almost afraid to make a decision. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about when I was a 15-year-old. I'm talking about I'm a lead pastor. Or even before that, when I was a youth pastor, I, I feared failure. And when I was confronted with it, all my strategies 
and tactics to avoid it just came flooding in. They, they, they revealed the light was shot on it, that being defensive or, or blaming other people for my own flaws, my own problems. Fear of failure. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that next week. Um, but we, asking God to search our heart reveals things that maybe we're really uncomfortable being revealed. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Maybe you posted something on Instagram and somebody made a really snarky comment and all the people you thought were your friends liked that comment. Or you're driving your kids to school and somebody runs a stop sign and pretty sure it wasn't you. But anyway, two cars collided and all of a sudden you're going to be late and, and, and the car is wrecked and what is your spouse going to say and how much is this going to cost? Or a bill comes in the mail and it says past due. Maybe not for the first time. There's nothing like stress. There's nothing like those tests that reveal your anxious thoughts, that reveal your anxieties. And we know that more than ever right now in this pandemic, where we already knew that anxiety and depression were on the increase, and now they seem to be magnified because people are stuck at home and, and their, their income is threatened. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. God cares about what makes you anxious. We're not just saying, hey, like reveal all the sin in my heart. He's saying, what makes you anxious? Anxiety is revealed in testing. In those day-to-day -day things, in the big picture things, anxiety is revealed in, te in testing, but anxiety reveals a deficiency in our trust of God. As sort of a, a disclaimer, there is a, there is a sense of anxiety that, that comes from a physical problem. Like there, there are sometimes chemical imbalances in the brain or whatever that cause us to feel anxiety that is not necessarily only uh, related to circumstances. And so uh, I don't want to say that if, if, there is a, if there's a physical problem, that evidence is, that's evidenced by distrust in God. But on the other side of that, sometimes I think we're too quick, sometimes to medicate anxiety that is simply lack of trust in God. And, and I'm not sure exactly where the line is between that, and I'm not a clinical psychologist, so if you have persistent anxiety and, and it needs physical treatment, well, you do that. But at the same time, anxiety revealed is an invitation to trust and surrender. Physical ailments sometimes even trace distress and anxiety. And, and you don't know where it comes from. I've had times in prayer where, you know, you're, you're feeling a, something physical where it's muscle tension or, 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 I don't know, heart pain or whatever, or increased blood pressure. It doesn't come from nowhere. And in prayer, God can reveal that that physical issue is coming from that stress. And that stress comes from this area of lack of trust in God. Where are your areas of stress? Relationships, finances, physical health. We all come across them. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out everything in me 
that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. The, the, the part that says, point out anything in me that offends you, the, the wording there, um, I, I like it a little better in NIV, which says, see if there's any way, if there's any offensive way in me. So there, there's a parallel there of, of the offensive way in me and the way that the path that leads to everlasting life, the way of everlasting life actually is what NIV says. What, what's the way? What's our way? We're talking about the, the habits of our life, the, the way we structure our day. That's our way. Our, our modes of thinking and behavior. And the prayer here is, is it assumes that maybe the things we take for granted are not always pleasing for God to God. Maybe the things that we ingest as entertainment, is that part of our way? Maybe the way that we interact with our coworkers or our, or our schoolmates there's a way that we do that. And the prayer here is, God, if there is a way in me that offends you, point it out. And then in contrast, lead me in the way everlasting. That's the NIV. Lead me in the way everlasting. New Living Translation, lead me along the path of everlasting life. Because our ways, apart from God, lead to destruction. There is a way that leads to eternal life. That, that leads to health, flourishing, eternal relationship with God. There's a way that leads there but our natural inclinations don't. I don't mean that to sound, um, I don't know, restrictive or accusatory, but we know we have natural habits that if we persist in those, they will cause destruction. Some of them are obvious. If you keep eating like that, you're going to die because of what you eat. If you keep avoiding physical exercise, one day that's going to cost you. If you keep gossiping about people, your relationships will destruct. All of these ways can be part of our life. And God says there's a way everlasting. Are you willing, will you dare to pray a prayer like this that allows God to reveal what needs to be corrected? Sometimes the exposure of shame, the exposure of vulnerability. So when we read a psalm like this, psalms are not instructions or doctrine or things we have to believe. They're prayers. And we have the opportunity to make this prayer ours. My challenge to you, if you dare, because God will answer it, my challenge is to start every day this week with that prayer. Maybe you have prayer as a regular pattern in your life. Maybe you already start your day with prayer. Okay, make this part of it. Maybe you don't. Here's an opportunity every day to start your day. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path that leads to everlasting life. That's a big deal. That's not a weak prayer. It's not a soft prayer. Because he will answer it. A bit scary, but you won't be bored. Pray a prayer like that. You are made for intimate relationship with your Creator. And so often we pray the me prayer, the give me prayer, the I need prayer. But here's a prayer that leads to deeper intimate relationship, that leads to character growth. And maybe you have no relationship with your Creator at all. God made you to love you. And there's a, there's a need for vulnerability there. It's something that has been 
lost since that archetypal story of Adam in the garden. And, and, and God wants to relate with him, to engage with him. He says, Adam, where are you? And Adam is hiding because of the fear of exposure, vulnerability, shame. But Jesus came to break that down. He came in love to die, to cover over all shame, to offer sufficiency in him to have a relationship with the creator that loves us. And maybe you're watching today, maybe you found yourself you know, forced to watch this by a, by a friend or family member, or you just wandered into the feed, and you're saying, I don't have that. And I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to a relationship with the God who loves you that will draw you on that path to everlasting life. And it's as simple as ABC. The A stands for admit, acknowledge. The life that I'm living is not the shameless or the shameless sufficient life. I, am, I know that I'm dominated by things that I regret. I know that I'm dominated by a, a life that is ultimately leading to destruction. And my best efforts, my own self-discipline, is not getting me where I need to be. It's not getting me to success in life, and it's certainly not getting me to relationship with God. Acknowledge your need. The B is believe that Jesus has opened up this path for you. Through his death, that covers over all your shame through his resurrection that conquers death and makes eternal life available. He went through death to resurrection on the other side. And he has that path available for each one of us if we're willing to. The C is commit. That's to commit to that path. And so ABC, admit, believe, commit, saying yes to your saying no to your old life and yes to the life Jesus has for you. And if this is something you want to do today, I want to lead you in a prayer. And just pray something like this. Make these words your own. Even repeat them if you can do it fast enough. Father in heaven, I thank you that you made, you, made me to love you. I admit that I'm not making it on my own. I acknowledge that I'm still dominated by vulnerability and shame. And I am choosing to believe today, to trust in Jesus' rescue plan for me. And I'm committing my life to you today, from now and forevermore. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were praying that for the first time today, I, I would uh, challenge you to connect with us. We are a, a community of followers of Jesus here at Crossland Church, and we will welcome anyone who wants to be part of the family who's committing to follow Jesus, and we want to help you. So the easiest way to connect with us is to go to crosslands.live on your smart device and click the Follow Jesus button and give us your contact info. If you do that, then we can get a hold of you and we can give you next steps on how to move forward on this journey of following Jesus in the life in the path everlasting. I have a couple of text messages. One text message. I thought the graphic for the message looked super familiar. Yeah, if you already have the book, then you would recognize that. Not hiding anything here. I'm not pretending that, uh, that I wrote the book. So uh, I would encourage you again to get that book. And also, as we close today, um, Claudette mentioned earlier the two uh, courses that we have, Abide and Grow Character. And uh, we, we are thrilled to be able to walk the church through this. We've done it, both of those courses as a staff. 
And um, today is the last day to sign up. We have almost 80 people signed up for those, but there's still room to get in. There's still time. Uh, at the end of today is, is your last opportunity. So if, if you haven't signed up yet, uh, go to Crossings Out Live, uh, sign up at events, and you can sign up for that. If you haven't taken Abide, um, you can't sign up for Grow Character. You have to do Abide before Grow Character because the second course builds on the first. But I would encourage you if you haven't done it, it could be life-changing for you. I think it has been for most of the people involved. A greater sense of understanding when God is speaking and how he's speaking and intimacy with him. And this sermon series actually lines up very well with that. Uh, learning how to pray real, deep, passionate prayers that make an impact. And I mean an, a, a real impact in your everyday life. I'm going to encourage you today um, to read this scripture out loud with me. And I, and I know I should have had this um, in the graphics, but uh, Lauren, if you could put this scripture up one last time that's possible. And I want to encourage you to say Ephes uh, Psalm 139, 23, and 24 with me, even in your home. Let's read it together. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Father, I thank you that you have the best life available for us. And Father, I pray today for an extreme sense of dissatisfaction with weak and ineffectual prayers. And this is a risky prayer, but Father, I pray that you would help each one of us to rise to the challenge this week, to say this prayer every day and allow you to search out in our hearts what needs to be adjusted, what needs to be corrected, what needs to be changed. Some of us already know some of those things. Reveal to us those points of anxiety that are, that are an indication of lack of trust in you. Point out those ways that are offensive to you so that we can walk in the way everlasting. We want to be in intimate relationship with you and follow the path you have laid out for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Crosslands Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or the Google Play Store so that it comes straight to your device. And to find out more about Crosslands Church, you can visit us at crosslands.ca. Join us next week for another message to help you experience the life with God you've been missing.